Hello and welcome to the One Trust Talks Tech podcast. This is episode number 22, recorded on November 20th, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at One Trust and I'm the host of this podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to give an update on where we are with our new release process, which I originally covered with Blake Brannon back in episode 13 on August 2nd, 2023. I'm also going to dive deeper into how an idea becomes a feature in the product. As always, just a quick reminder that this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchasing decisions. All right, so now let's take a look at our where we are with the new release process. And first, I'm going to jump into quickly explaining why we're updating our release process, um, and then we'll go into some more of the details. So why is this important? Well, we know and have heard loud and clear from our customers that you struggle with keeping up with our feature releases. So we're addressing that with this process. Um, sometimes the timing of feature releases is unpredictable, although we do consistently put out a new new feature or new release every three weeks. What features are in those releases is sometimes unpredictable. The product roadmaps that we have out there usually are out of date and don't tie to the ideas that customers submit on our ideas portal directly, so it's hard for customers to see where their idea is on the roadmap. It's also very hard for our product managers to share roadmap at a scale with all of the customers. We do have some sessions we do every quarter, and we do sometimes do one-on-ones with customers, but it's not really very scalable and doesn't reach all of our customers. One of the biggest things, which kind of ties back to the first thing I mentioned, is that our customers and, and internally also, we're not really set up for success. And what I mean by that is that we may push out a feature that interferes with a process that you, the customer, has that you're doing, and you have to change that process in mid-flight when the when the feature's live in the product. So it's it's not really a great experience for, for anyone. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and define some of the... There's basically three different things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about feature tiers. I'm going to talk about stages for the release or release, feature release stages. And then also the different types of code releases that we have currently and and how we how we actually deploy the code that we write. So first, let's start with our feature tiers. There are three feature tiers that we have. All new features will be given one of three feature tier levels. So you'll hear and see in the future, either hear us talk about this is a tier one or tier two, or you also see on, on some of the roadmap uh, pages that we have coming out, uh, which will list the feature tier. So starting with tier one, that's what we call a major feature. This is, um, this is gonna dramatically affect how you use the product in a very good way. Uh, it is a significant change. It's a significantly, maybe it's a whole new feature. It's a whole new thing like uh, AI governance was or like global search was in the console. So it's it's a major, major feature. Um, with each of these tier one features, there will be a high level of marketing and training done for you, the customer and partners and internal employees as well on what this major, major feature is, how it works. The second tier, tier two, is um, what I call just a standard feature. So this will impact you uh, how you use the product. It's not dramatic. It may be um, a slight change and for the good on on how you use a specific part of the product, but it is it does impact you. So you you need to be aware of it and it needs to be aware of, of when it's coming and those types of things. With a tier two feature, there's going to be a medium level of marketing and training and impact. Not quite as much as there would be for a major feature. But but it's still there still will be a lot of information out there for you to understand what this feature is. And the last tier, tier three, is what we call a minor feature. This is a very slight change to the product. It probably will not impact 
the way you do your day-to-day business, but um, it may be, you know, the way the screen may be formatted slightly different or maybe a color of something changes or we've added additional options for searching or things like that. So those are all minor th- features. Um, again, they're, they're not really impactful, but they're things that we need to do just to make the product a better product. We won't have a lot of marketing or training on these, but they will be covered in release notes. They will be, um, obviously I mentioned them on the podcast because I always mention all the new features that are coming out in those uh, in those release feature, um, sorry, release episodes. Um, but you won't see a bunch of training or anything like that on them. So those are the three tier- tiers of features. Tier one, major, tier two, normal, tier three, minor. There will be probably one or two major features per quarter, maybe 10 minor regular features per quarter, and maybe 10 or 20 minor features per quarter. So it's there's not going to be a lot of major features that are be rolling out every every single quarter. All right, so now let's look at the stages that a feature goes through in its life. So we have five stages. And the five stages are under consideration. This is where the product managers, the our center of excellence folks, our backend architecture team, our marketing team, our pricing and packaging team, all get together and they look at the feature and they say, is this something we should do? Is it something we should not do? Um, is it something that can be rolled into an existing pricing skew or needs its own separate one? How much marketing do we need to do? How will we actually build this? Like, what do we need to do on the back end? Does this require a new database or does it require a new service or things like that to be run in the back end? So this is all in that under consideration stage. Once everyone figures that out and they say, okay, this is something we're going to do, we're going to move into stage two. Stage two is in development. This is where we start writing code. We start creating documentation. We start creating the UX design. Uh, actually, that's kind of created in under one stage one, but it's really refined in stage two on how it's going to look to you. How's it going to be used? Um, things like that. And we're going to start building code, and and the back end will be configured, and and all that will happen. But there's really nothing in this stage that anyone can actually see. Like, we can't put it out there for a private preview or or, or beta, as it were, for customers to test and play with. So this is really kind of the beginning of of the cycle of development where we start building the product, building the feature, excuse me. Stage three. Stage three is probably the most significant in my mind because this is what we call private preview. Stage three will last as long as it needs to last, and it will include code that is barely working, that is available for some select select list of customers to come in and test the code and give us feedback. So we would be asking for customers to participate in this private preview. Again, it'll be just the very initial code. It probably will have bugs. It probably will not be complete, at least at the beginning of private preview. But as we work through private preview, the code will get more and more mature. We'll see a lot more, um, a lot more enhancements to that feature will be developed. And by the end of private preview, our work will be done with the code. We will be done with documentation. We will be done with programming. We'll be done with QE. We'll be done. We'll have all of our marketing material ready. We'll, we'll basically be done and ready to release this feature as a, as a completed done feature to, to the public. However, we're introducing a new stage in, in the process right after private preview called public preview. Public preview is where the feature will be available for customers and partners and everyone to try and play with in a sandbox or UAT environment, and they will understand how it works, 
Well, is it going to impact their current workflows? Is it going to impact their current trainings they need to do with their internal employees or process or things like that? You'll get a chance to play with it, use it, and see what it does without it actually being forced on you as, as it has been in the past, where it's basically just turned on by default in your environment. So in the public preview stage, you know, of course, we'll be looking for feedback and we'll be looking for any sort of issues that may may halt the release. But the the product team and the R&D team and everyone is done. They are not really looking to add anything else. There's another condition where it might be in public preview. A lot of times we have features that require back-end changes that take time. So uh, we might have to roll out entirely new systems. Like with our insights reporting, we had to put in an entirely new database, entirely new systems, and all of our data centers and all that stuff. So even though our code was done, we couldn't really deploy it out to everyone uh, initially. So it wouldn't be considered general availability So because no everyone didn't have access to it. So sometimes we're in that state where we have to make back-end changes, and that's why it might stay in public preview for a while. But the general rule for public preview is that once it's out in public preview, you will have a period of time from three weeks to three months, and I'll explain that in a minute, to play with this feature and to understand how it works. The current way you'd get it turned on is that right now you just need to contact your uh, OneTrust one trust salesperson or customer success person and tell them that you want this feature turned on in your, in your environment or your sandbox environment or UAT environment. Eventually, uh, early next year, we plan on having that built into the console. There's a new area of the console called feature management, where you will be able to go in and see all the features in public preview, and you'll be able to self-service, turn those features on and off yourself. So that's that's down the road. Right now, it's going to be kind of a manual process on the back end for us to turn those on for you in your environments. But that is the idea, is that we will turn them on for you probably, hopefully, in a UAT or sandbox environment. And you can play with them. You can see how they work. You can you can understand. Again, they are basically done. So if in theory, if you wanted to turn them on in your production, you could do that. Uh, I would recommend doing them in, in a sandbox or UAT first, making sure that they're, you know, everything's, you like the way they look and, and you get used to how they work. And then you can turn it on in your production. But um, again, it's recommended that you start off in a non-production environment. Once we get through and once we've gotten through that time period, then we'll move it into general availability. So the, really the only difference between public preview and general availability is in public preview, it's off by default. In general availability, it's on by default in all environments. So once we move into that stage of general availability, the feature will be turned on in all environments and eventually we'll turn, we'll, we'll deprecate the feature toggles to how we control whether it's on or off. And so it'll just be permanently on. So those are the five stages. So we have under consideration, in development, private preview, public preview, and general availability. You'll start to hear a lot of the OneTrust people's talking in these terms. You'll start to see our product managers saying, this feature is now in private preview. If you're interested, please sign up for a, you know, to be a tester. Or you'll say, okay, it's in public preview, so that will be an indication to know that it's in the environments, but you need to have someone turn it on for you at this point in stage, in this point in time. And then the last one, of course, is general availability. That's out. So um, you'll start to hear a lot of our uh, our customer success people, our our SEs, our, our salespeople, who've all been trained on this as well, um, to understand what these what these stages are and what these tiers are. So now that we've talked about the stages, let's talk about our releases, and this kind of ties everything together. So we have two types of releases. We have an incremental release, and that incremental release occurs every three weeks. And this is what everyone's familiar with. Every three weeks, we push a new version of our software out there. This is what we call an incremental release. Currently, once a quarter, 
we are doing what we call a seasonal release. So we'll do like a winter release in, in February. We'll do a spring release in May. And apologize to anyone that's in the Southern Hemisphere. It's backwards for you guys. But that's the way we're going to do that. So once a quarter, we'll have one of these incremental releases will be tagged as a seasonal release. And that's significant because of the features and the feature tiers. Remember, there are three feature tiers, major, regular, and minor. So with these feature tiers, we'll only release certain types of features or, or feature tiers during certain types of releases. So let's start with tier three. Tier three features are released, can be released anytime. So they will go GA, general availability, in, any, in an incremental release or in a seasonal release. There won't be a private or public preview for Tier 3. It's basically going to go from in-development to GA. Again, these are really minor features. They really don't have much of an impact, but they're in there for better uses of the product. Tier 2 features, these are our regular features that have some small impact on you, will be, uh, they will go into private preview and public preview in either an incremental or a seasonal release, but they will only go GA in a seasonal release. So let me say that again. So public preview, private preview in either incremental or seasonal, and then general availability in a seasonal release. For an example is if we pushed a tier two feature out in the release before a seasonal release, then you'll have three weeks to play with that feature in its public preview state. If we pushed it out in, a, in the previous seasonal release, then you would have three months to play with that feature. So it really all depends on when we're ready, when we're done with that feature, got everything ready, we'll push it out as a seasonal, in, an, in an incremental release or seasonal release as public preview. And then the next seasonal release, that feature will go to GA. Again, the timing is, it'll be out there in public preview from three weeks to three months. Tier one features, on the other hand, uh, will only be released in public preview in a seasonal release. They'll go private preview in an incremental or seasonal. That's not a, not a big deal. But they will only go public preview in a seasonal release. And then the next seasonal release, they'll go into GA. So for Tier 1 features, you'll have three months to play with it. So for example, we have the winter release in February of next year and the spring release is in May. So if we push a Tier 1 feature into public preview in February, You'll have all of February, March, April, and then middle of May uh, at the May the May release, the seasonal release, the spring seasonal release in May. Then it will go GA. Again, the idea for that is to make sure that everyone has time to play with these features, especially the major ones, for a long period of time. They get to see how they work. They get to use them, and you can understand all this just to address that concern of we're always pushing features out on everyone without any warning and they you know get surprised by things. So we, we want no more surprises. We want everyone to be aware of what's coming and and how all that's going to work. All right, let me dive briefly into ideas on on the ideas portal. And I know I get a lot of questions from customers about this. I've got kind of a standard talk track about this and, and how we actually do things. So I just like to go through it here so other people that I haven't talked to individually can understand that. I'll start off by saying up front that we have not been great about curating all the ideas that are in the ideas portal. There are thousands and thousands of ideas in there and it's very overwhelming. And so we have not been great. I've heard a lot of people make comments about our ideas portal and, and how poorly it's been 
uh, maintained and the attributes and, uh, of all these ideas. So we're fixing that. We, we've got a lot of commitment from the product managers to go through and pay attention to this and, and get this work done. So um, we are making a difference there, and we are we are uh, working towards getting to a, a point where all of the ideas are looked at immediately uh, or within a certain very short period of time, and they're updated and then are kept up to date. And the cool part about the new release process is that we're going to be tying ideas to our features. Sometimes it's a one-to-one relationship. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes there's two or three ideas that make up one feature. And that way, when we publish our public-facing roadmap, you will be able to go in and look at those features and see which ideas are associated with them and be able to track your ideas on the public-facing roadmap. So I know that's been a number one question from customers to me for a long time is, when can I see where my ideas on the roadmap? Well, now you'll be able to do that. So let me let me go through kind of the process of how we evaluate ideas and how we turn those into features. The first step is, is that we, we, we look at new ideas and we try and understand what that idea is. We look at how many other customers have voted on it and we will uh, we'll try and associate that with either current features that are in development or current feature or features that we're working on. And so once we, we kind of look at that initially, then we evaluate it. So that's step two is our evaluation step. First step is creation and initial analysis. Second step is evaluation. So here's where a product manager may come back and say, I need more information. And that way, they'll either put a comment on the idea or they may reach out to you directly and say, hey, I saw you put this idea in. Can you give me more information about what it is? Um, and I would like to say at this point, if you do submit ideas, um, there is a, if you look at the top of the ideas portal, there's a, there's a little uh, menu option where you can see uh, suggestions on how to create the best idea. And in there, we always, always, always want to know what your use case is. You may say, I want you to do this very specific thing, but the product manager is going to want to know why do you need that specific thing. And the reason they want to know that is because they may have something else in the works that answers that question, but it's not specifically the one thing that you asked for. That's included in that. Remember, I said there may be multiple features in one. One, uh, sorry, multiple ideas in one feature. So it's very important for you to put kind of the use case. What problem are you trying to solve with this with this idea? It's really important. If not, the first thing a customer, a product manager is going to say is, you know, what's your use case? What are you trying to solve? That may be the needs more information thing. They are going to evaluate if that idea already exists in the ideas portal. Uh, and then they will also see if it's a duplicate, they may merge it into that, that other idea. Or does it already exist in the product? If that's the case, it's an easy one. We'll just mark it as already exists and, and then move on to the next one. Once they've evaluated it, then they go into this process of uh, curating all of the ideas. And the way this happens is the product managers meet once a quarter, the last month of the quarter, and they figure out what they're going to do the next quarter. And during that process, they look at all of the ideas they have. They look at all the features that are in process or being talked about, and they try and figure out what to work on. And that is done. That's that's the number one or number two question I get is, how do you evaluate the ideas and determine what you're going to work on? The number one criteria for that is product direction. Is this idea in line with the direction the product is going? If it is, great. If it's not, then it's probably not going to probably not going to do it. And we'll let you know that that's why we're not going to do it. But if it is in line with what we're trying to do, then that's the number one criteria. The second criteria is who wants it and how many people like who is who are the customers that are asking for this and how many of them want it. So we do take a look at the number of votes. We took a look at who's created the idea and who's commented on the idea. 
Um, that's very important. Um, it's not as important as product direction. So we aren't going to develop a bunch of features for one specific customer. We're going to develop features that are in line with the direction the product is going. But it does matter who wants it and how many people want it. And the last thing is, what's the effort required? Is this a quick win? Can we do this in one sprint or one quarter? Or is this going to take six, nine months for us to do? And that's how they kind of weigh what they're going to do the following quarter. At this point, that idea has now been turned into a feature or a set of ideas have been turned into a feature. So now the product managers will put the features in one of those two, three buckets, tier one, tier two, tier three. And they'll also start getting an idea of timing. Like, when are we going to do this? Is this a current quarter? We're going to start this quarter and we'll be done next quarter. We'll start this quarter and we'll be working on this for six months kind of thing. So that's when they start to put together an idea of when this feature would be made available in, in the product in the future. And of course, at this point, it's a rough guess because we haven't really done a lot of uh, the investigation that we do in that first stage of feature development under consideration. But they get some sort of idea. And finally, once that idea, once that feature has been completed, as I mentioned earlier, then it will be rolled out into the product. It'll either be a tier one, a tier two, and it'll go into public preview, private preview, public preview, and then GA. If it's a tier three, it'll just go straight into GA. So again, just to summarize how we look at ideas, first you create it, then we evaluate those ideas, we tag them appropriately, we change the status for it, we maybe leave comments, ask for feedback, ask for more information. Then that feature, that idea kind of gets turned into a feature and combined with other ideas. And then the, uh, the product managers will look at all those things, like is it in line with our product direction, who wants it, how much effort is required. Then they'll go into putting uh, tiers on it. How big a feature is this? Tier one, major, tier two, oh, this you know regular feature, or tier three, really minor. And then they'll start to plan out when those will be done and how much effort it's going to take and, and how long it'll be done. And then finally, once it's done, the feature's released. As I mentioned before, it'll be out. Tier three will just go straight to GA. Tier one and tier two will go through private preview, public preview, and then GA. I hope that helps a lot with everyone understanding where we're going. We're making great progress with all of this so far. We are um, we're in the process of implementing all these stages, all these tiers. We're currently evaluating every new feature that's being released in every single release right now um, as, a, as a step one before we start implementing all of these stages. But those all these stages are coming very quickly, and uh, we'll see all this happen. You'll start to hear OneTrust people talking in these same terms. You'll hear public preview, private preview a lot. You'll hear tier, feature tiers, things like that. So um, I hope that's a great um, explanation and help clear things up. I'll do a follow-up podcast. Uh, hopefully in a month or two, um, giving you an update on where we are and how things are going. We look forward to that happening. Remember, this is all in process and in flight, so we still we might see some features that kind of slip through because they've been in the pipeline for six, nine months, and, and we're not going to hold those up to just because we're in the middle of this process. But once this process is set and we're following it, then then all new features will, will stick to this plan and everyone will have immediate uh, access to them in the public preview or they can request to access them in private preview or then in GA, they'll just be out in the product. Thanks for listening this week. I really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back next week after Thanksgiving. If you're in the United States, I want to say wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and safe travels to everyone. Uh, fortunately, I'm not going anywhere, so I don't have to deal with all the, the, the millions of people that are traveling. But if you are out there traveling, please be safe. And uh, we're thinking about you. Again, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback for me or you have questions about what I've just talked about, please feel free to email us at podcast at I'll check those and, and try and answer as quickly as possible. 
But that's it for this week. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.